0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Seth Peterson.
0: Hi, I'm Debbie Hadron. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm
1: George Roberts. This is Jessalyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi,
0: this is Charlotte Ross.
1: Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet. Hi, this is
2: Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin'
1: Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talking Pets. Talkin Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch.
3: Joining us in studio is Mr. Jay Stutz, here to answer your training questions and your behavior questions about your pets. Also sitting in with us today is...
4: Jenna Winter.
3: Hi, Jenna. Hi. Nice to have you sitting next to me today.
4: Thank you. I'm over here on this side for once. It's weird.
3: Sitting on the other side of the uh, studio here is Mr. Bob Page, our producer today. Hi, Bobby. Hi, how are you? We're doing wonderful. How are you? Lovely. The show is also produced by Mr. Tony Leg at Business Talk Radio and Lifestyle Talk Radio Networks. So when you call in, you'll speak with Mr. Tony Leg, and he'll put you on the air with us at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to talk to you about your pets, but we have a special guest joining us, and we're going to be talking to the uh, Search Dog Foundation. So stay tuned for that. we got a special guest joining us. His uh, name is Mr. Murphy. Mr. Bill Murphy, he's the program director for the organization. So pick up the phone, give us a call, 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. I'm John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets. I'm your host, John Patch. Joining us from Animal Alternatives out of Tampa Bay, Florida, is...
2: Dr. Anne Lamperu.
3: The show is produced by... Amanda Page. We welcome your calls and questions at 866-606-Talk. Producing at the Networks Business Talk and Lifestyle Talk Radio Networks is Matt. So when you call in, you'll speak with Matt at 866-606-8255 and he'll put you on the line with us. Again, 866-606-Talk. How you guys doing? Excellent. Doing well, doing well. Crazy week, crazy day. Of course, we had a little technical thing there at the beginning, so our apologies. Don't you apologies. think the song
5: was uh, fitting?
3: I thought it was very fitting, yes. Very fitting exactly <laughs> right with what's going on today. I must on have today. had here. It's nuts out there. <laughs> Everything that's going on, everybody's watching the news and listening to the news about you know Hawaii and all and the tsunamis. And friends of mine actually texted me uh, this morning saying they were okay in Chile. You know, the whole family of friends' families out there and it's just nuts but um, you know and, and also at our own old home where we used to broadcast from you remember that guys um, SeaWorld, Yeah. everything that's going on with tillamook there and we're going to find out a little bit about killer whales and all and kind of the history of them and you know animals in entertainment and animals in captivity and the the number one guy out there to tell us all about it is Mr. Jared Miller so we want to welcome him onto the program hey Jared how you doing welcome to talking pets
6: hey great how you doing John
3: we're great, doing wonderful I want hey. to introduce you to Dr. Ann and, of course, Amanda.
6: Hi there. Hi, Dr. Ann. Hello, yes, Amanda. Hi. Are you guys down in sunny Florida right
3: now? Um, I wouldn't say sunny. No.
6: <laughs> Forties and count. rain,
3: but it's not sleep. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
6: I'm in a snowstorm right now in upstate New York. It's uh, I, I, I'll be I'll be on a plane. I'll be there tomorrow morning.
3: Come on down.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you always got a place to stay. Great. You know, it's funny because, I mean, it, not funny in, in a sense, but in you know, in a you know, sarcastic kind of way. I mean, it's just insane, actually, with everything that's going on around the country, with the snowstorms. And, I mean, in Florida, we're not supposed to be in rainy season, and it's supposed to be warming up down here. It's in the 30s and 40s, and it's raining constantly. It's it's just nuts. You guys are getting hit with, like, inches on inches of feet of snow. And then, of course, you got the tsunamis going on in Hawaii and Guam. Um, you've got the earthquakes, of course, in, in Chile and, you know, what happened in Haiti The world just seems to be a mess right now.
2: Well, Mother Nature has to throw little tantrums occasionally.
3: Yeah, I guess. You know, before we get into the SeaWorld thing, speaking of currently what's kind of going on there, Jared, what what about the animals? I mean, you know, human beings, you know, kind of prepare for this and so on and so forth. I mean, if you have time, um, you know, we're we're given warnings to do this and that. What about our animals? You know, like, for instance, domestic animals. Are they aware that something like this is going on when something's going to hit?
6: Oh, absolutely! I mean, animals. I mean, look at it this way: animals. Uh, you know, whether it's sense of smell or acute hearing or eyes. I mean, just sensitivity-wise, they're just um, they're so much more hypersensitive than humans in so many ways. And I think that really does uh, come into play even with um, even with premonition and, and really understanding their own environment. And especially when, in the case of, you know, some severe weather or an earthquake, I mean, it's been documented and you see it time after time, um, you know, let's say a tsunami hits an island, a lot of the animals that are on the coast, you know, hours, even days before will start moving inland. Um, and you know, animals like, you know, as we all know as animal people and pet people, how, just how perceptive animals are. And, you know, it's absolutely true. How, however they do it, they definitely um, can pick up on a lot of the environmental cues. Uh, a lot quicker than humans, most in most cases.
3: You know, it's interesting. I mean, you got to kind of think about the tortoise and the hare. You know, the hare can actually run for those higher grounds. What about that poor tortoise? Tortoise. You know, I mean, they, they move pretty slow.
6: Well, you know, a tortoise has been around for millions of years, so I'm sure that you know, even at a slow space or a slow, uh, slow pace. He might be able to get out of the way, or in the case of a tortoise, I'm sure, you know, pulling in his uh, heads in, in his legs or his head and his legs might um, might actually do the trick as well if there's some
3: severe weather coming.
2: That's right, and uh, not really even um, having to breathe for very long. Being a reptile, sometimes they can slow down some.
3: You know, I, I've also said like on this program too that you know, with the domestic animals like our dogs and cats, if an earthquake is going to hit, of course, as a human being, we won't know it until it's actually felt. Um, whereas our dogs and cats, if you pay attention to their behaviors, they'll actually give a clue or a signal that something's gonna happen, correct?
6: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what always kind of drove me into the realm of, of studying ethology or animal behavior is that you can learn so much. Um, you know, animals, unfortunately, can't communicate to us, you know, verbally, but, boy, I mean, their behavior and their, um, you know, just how they react, not only, you know, with each other, but, you know, with humans. I mean, you can really learn a lot, even about ourselves, by looking to the animal kingdom.
3: No, very true. I mean, you know, I've often said that actually animals reflect humans. I mean, we're all animals, so there's a lot of a lot of similarities in the behaviors and the emotions and so on and so forth. Correct.
6: Oh, absolutely, and, and especially you know, and, and to even talk about you know what what has recently happened at SeaWorld World with um, with the killer whale, um, you know we're social creatures, you know so are so are killer whales, and and when you look at it, when uh, you know this is such a tragedy for this to happen, but you're, you're talking about two very intelligent animals, you know worlds apart. That are interacting with each other, and um, you know, in, you know. I think Sea World having such a long history of, of just such great success, not only with breeding but also bringing up the public awareness and, and really in, in make, making whales so famous and in in the minds of humans. I mean, you know, when something like this happens, it, you know, I think it's just like it's you know, it's like lightning
3: striking. It's, it's a very sad situation as well as horrific. I mean, especially when there were you know when there were patrons actually involved that actually witnessed what happened. The thing mm-hmm. is, though, I mean, we've been we've produced our show from, from SeaWorld for many years in the past, and, you know, we've met Dawn, of course, and, um, you know, a very nice woman, of, and very sad to see what happened to her, and we've also, um, all of us here have been around, uh, we've, we've actually seen Tillamook when we were there. This whale is 12,000 pounds and huge, and of oh, course... Oh, yeah,
6: he's, he's a, ma- a majestic animal, I mean, and that's why I think... You know, with the, you know, and with this situation, and of course, and I, I, I've never had the opportunity to meet dawn but I've I've met a non, number of the trainers at, at several of a few of the Sea World parks, and you know, these are extremely tal, not only talented, but they do have just a, an, an incredible gift working with animals, and that's why I, I think our listeners should understand is that the relationships, you know, with an animal like a whale, that to most of us you think you know, you know, it's just a large, massive, you know, killer whale, it's an eating machine, but really they are just so intelligent, so social, and you know, just a, just a wonderful animal. And and you know, when the, when things like this happen, you know, it's it's the first knee jerk reaction is to is to really blame you know the whale. But you know what? It's it's a it's an animal that does have the capability. I mean, he's twelve thousand pounds,
0: right. and this is an animal
6: that, in every right, has the capability. And and you know, in for his you know for his uh, you know trained and, and experienced that, that anyone would have working with a whale, of course, you know, it is, it is such, it's such a risk at some times. Well,
0: you well
3: know, that's, it, that's it, the thing it, that I wanted to ask you is because, I mean, this was during a Dine with Shamu event, and, and Don, of course, worked with these whales for over 15 years at SeaWorld. And, you know, the, the thing that I thought was interesting when Tillamook was there and, and swimming through the pool, to my understanding, and then jumped up and there's been a lot of speculation whether, the, you know, he grabbed her on the waist or grabbed her here or grabbed her there. The final speculation, according to, you know, what everybody was hearing on the news, is that he grabbed her by the ponytail. What's the, right. what's the opportunity or the chance that that whale maybe looked at her standing there on the side, on the, on the ground, and looked at that ponytail as kind of being a fish, maybe waving back and forth, and kind of grabbed for the fish. Didn't mean to well, grab her, but did. I mean, is that an you know, option?
6: Yeah, you know, I think there are. I mean, and again, you know, it's easy to speculate on, and and really, you, we almost would never know, really, what what triggered him to kind of react. And you know, and it, it, it actually, in a lot of ways, it's um, it was. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is, like, the stars and the moon were aligned in that situation. Who knows? The the killer whale, maybe not necessarily thinking it was a fish, but definitely looking at something about the ponytail or about that movement, you know, triggered him to display a behavior. And, and you know, knowing the whale's history and, and how gentle he, wa- he was or, or could be with, with his trainers and the relationship that Don had with him is that this is an animal that, you know, basically... You know, he saw he saw this situation as a uh, shoot. Oh, excuse me. Saw this situation as a, an opportunity to play. And you know what? He's he's a twelve thousand pound animal. He might have been doing something so you know innocuous or so gentle, but just because of his sheer size, the weight, you know, the, the dependent of the situation, that unfortunately, Don, you know, she was put in a fatal situation.
3: Jared, hold on. We're going to take a little break. When we come back. We're going to continue on with Jared Miller, and this
1: is Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all natural and eco friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high tech innovations from companies all over the globe, it's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the united states and throughout the world in fact fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses in aquarium mania we'll learn more about the secret and not so secret life of fish and other inhabitants the basics of good aquarium keeping the complexities of the aquarium industry and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby i'm your host roy anong and i'd like to thank you for joining us Aquarium Mania, every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
5: You are too. With a Talking Pets News Brief, I'm Amanda Page. Someone once said that if your dog is fat, you're not getting enough exercise. So it's no surprise that as human obesity's rate soars, men's best friend is loyally packing on the pounds as well. Over 34% of Americans in the United States are considered obese, according to the National Center for Health Statistics. Most estimates say that up to 40% of household pets are overweight. An overweight dog shows real negli- negligence by the owner. There's pressure on the bones and the heart and the organs. If a dog doesn't get enough exercise, behavior problems such as anxiety, chewing, destruction, excessive barking, house soiling can occur. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Amanda Page.
0: My dog's bigger than your dog. My dog's bigger than yours. My dog's bigger and he chases my old man. My
3: dog's bigger than yours. Your dog's not bigger. It's fatter. Yeah. That's what it my is. Fat. <laughs> Take a look at that diet. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch.
5: And Dr. Anne Lampro and Amanda Page.
3: Jared Miller is a young naturalist, zoologist, pet expert, and regular guest lecturer for zoos, universities, and promotional events. Having lectured on captive management and wildlife conservation at venues including the White House, we're speaking with Jared right now about uh, the situations around the world, but also, of course, about what has happened at SeaWorld. You know, one thing, Jared, that I that I question on that too is. You know, I always wonder when you take an animal, and especially an animal in 1983 that they took from the wild, um, meaning Tillamook, because they have their breeding program, and I commend them on that because there's not that many. I mean, orcas, you know, killer whales, um, are endangered species. Um, And I I think there's about 40 or 50 of them in captivity right now, and I think SeaWorld has about 20 of them. Um, But the thing is, is that, you know, you you bring this animal so large, 12,000 pounds, into a secluded area I mean, how is that on the psyche of an animal like that?
6: Well, it's definitely for an animal with, with that type of intelligence, it is, it is an adjustment. And I think when, um, and obviously, you know, 20 or 30 years later, uh, since 1983, there's just been such a, um, a dramatic evolution of, of just how animals in general, but, you know, especially marine mammals, are kept in captivity. The... Um, I would say, you know, initially being an intelligent animal, it, it's a huge adjustment. I mean, being in, in an open environment, um, being brought into captivity. But you know what? Looking at the relationships that the trainers have had with, you know, even with with uh, Tillamook, how um, just how over that course, that did adjust, and he did become uh, associated with humans. And uh, and again, he has like most importantly that one whale. That you know was taken in the wild, which you don't see anymore, and why it's so valuable that he's here now. If he is you know producing more whales in captivity than perhaps he could have been doing in the wild. So I mean, he is a valuable whale not only to obviously the the captive program, but to the killer whale in general. I mean, he's he's a he's a sire to captive breeding and to the conservation efforts, as well as he's been a spokesperson for whale conservation. You know, since he's probably been you know in captivity. So definitely his role in in the whale community is pretty high. Um, But to answer your question more briefly, I mean, obviously there is adjustment. And, uh, you know, myself, I don't have a a, – a lot of the animals that we work with, obviously, in modern – more you know, 30 years later, are not taken out of the wild and are all captively raised, as well as with other zoos across the nation. But, you know, it does. There is a big adjustment with, you know, you're taking an animal out of the wild, bringing it into captivity. But you know what? The parks and the sea world especially, I mean, they have taken every every provision, not only to maintain the animal's physiology, you know, it's a lot to maintain an animal of that size, but also through the training, through the interaction with the trainers, that, that has brought his psyche around you know, 100%. Well,
3: I think with Tilcom and, and, and any other whale that they're working with, the trainers all know that, they, that there is that fraction of risk with their life.
6: Oh, absolutely, and you know what, too? I mean, you know, I think the, uh, the fact that he was you know uh, at one time a wild whale doesn't really play into, into into this incident as much as you would think i mean a killer whale whether it's in the wild or captivity you know still does have the capability to you know to to cause bodily harm or, or death to you know a person you know or a human i mean we're so much smaller you know we are an animal that you know is similar in in size and in, in, in you know in appearance to maybe what they would feed on. I mean, killer whales are a predatory whale. Um, they are a, a toothed whale, like you know, like a dolphin or anything else. But they um, so you know what? that's the thing with working with any large predator or really any any wild animal in in kept in a captive situation. I mean that's where it comes in I mean, you have to be as much of a psychologist as you are a zoologist i mean you have to understand and really reduce even though that risk is always there that this animal could you know it's it's in it's innate it's it's uh it's behavior could express itself in a predatory way you know jerry can you, hold, can, you
3: can you hold for one more minute and stay with us a couple more minutes absolutely john we'll be right back with jared miller you're listening to talking pets you got a question or a comment and this is talking pets
1: we'll be right back right after these messages stay tuned
4: I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code: come as you are. Pajamas, a tux—you can even go naked, like your pets. (laughs) Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me, and that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw on the door, and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't
0: miss the party.
1: Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com Let's Talk Pets.
0: Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio.
1: PetLife Radio. 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 PetLifeRadio.com Hey, here's your host,
3: John Patch. Out of Pineville, Kentucky, state wildlife officials are making headway in slowing the growing elk population. Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources Wildlife Director Karen Waldrop said trappers have caught 13 elk with hopes of snagging more in the coming weeks. State wildlife managers began reintroducing elk to the region in 1997.
2: Dr. Ann? In Honolulu, Hawaii, supporters of a ban on shark viewing tours have gathered more than 1,000 signatures of supporters. Mahina... Chillingworth, vice president of the surf group Hui O Hainalu, I apologize if that's pronounced incorrectly, said the group has safety concerns, noting, noting the North Shore of Oahu is considered the surf capital of the world. But Joe Passix said his North Shore Shark Adventures company has a clean safety record for nine years.
3: Out of Rockwood, Tennessee, environmental officials said a fish kill is the result of cold temperatures and was not caused by polluted waters. Fisherman Jody Miles said he went to the Watts Bar Lake in Rowan County to catch some shad for a weekend fishing trip. Miles said he saw thousands of dead shad along the shoreline.
2: Anchorage, Alaska, an environmental group petitioned the Environmental Protection Agency to take action to reduce soot which it blames for accelerated glacier melting. The Center for Biological Diversity called called for regulation of black carbon pollution under the Clean Water Act. Soot is dangerous to breathe and a potent global warming pollutant, Attorney Matt Vespa said.
3: Out of Portland, Oregon, geologists developed a computer uh, model to simulate the massive Missoula floods that carved the northwest landscape 15,000 to 18,000 years ago. The model was developed by Roger Dedlinger and uh, with the United States Geological Survey and Colorado-based geophysicist Daniel O'Connell. Once again, you're listening to and Pets. We welcome your calls and questions at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. We're speaking with Jared Miller. If you've got a question or a comment, please give us a call. Don't forget, you can check us out live on the webcam. You can click on TalkinPets.com. Click on the dog watch in the computer screen, and you can actually watch us. That's TalkinPets.com. T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com. Also, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, Twitter.com forward slash radio and Facebook.com forward slash radio as well. So pick up the phone, give us a call, 866-606-TALK. I'm John Patch. Dr.
5: Anne Lamperu. And Amanda Page. Every
0: and feel these questions
3: And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch.
5: Dr. Anne Lamperou and Amanda Page.
3: Jared grew up in suburban western New York where as a child he spent most of his time outdoors always wanting to be closer to nature. Zoos were always uh, his favorite destination and he could identify every animal that lived at the zoo. In fact, when asked to write down his favorite animal for a second grade assignment, he came up with a three-page list of nearly 200 species. You've been around animals for a long, long time, haven't you, Jared?
6: I have John. You know, I think like you know, I think having the, the affinity or the love for animals, I think you're born with it. And I, and what I love is meeting people that you know might not have grown up around animals or, or even had the ability to have a pet of their own. Um, you know, to, to make more animal lovers out there because I think you know we sh- we share the planet with them and animals are real important. But yeah, it's going on on 30 years and I've been pretty fortunate to kind of fulfill my dream to not only work with animals but work for animals on a daily
3: basis. Now, where can we find you? Now, where can my national audience find you or see you. What's going on in your life right now?
6: Well, right now we're just, we're in our third season of our, our popular um, animal exploration series which is Miller. It's our syndicated uh, television show that uh, airs uh, nationwide and in, in about 15 other countries now. Uh, we have new episodes. In fact, we're starting. Uh, we're filming the rest of the season starting next week as well. And new episodes all, every every Saturday or Sunday morning, depending on your city. So if um, your viewers or your listeners would like to
3: um,
6: you know find out where the show airs in their in their city and what and what station, what time, they can visit Animal exploration.com
3: now do you have a direct website as well
6: i do you can also visit jaredmiller.com and um you know we're on that's always under construction but well you know what and also i'm, I'm also on facebook as well um and i usually post um where i'm going to be and you know, where I'm going to visit, and, you know, let's say if i you know, hopefully if I'm down in Orlando one time again and, and see and see you guys again, um, I'll, I'm sure I'll let everyone know.
3: Definitely. I look forward to it, and uh, again, we'll have to make sure that we link up, but if people want to check out AnimalExploration.com, they can find out where they can actually watch Animal Exploration with uh, Jared Miller, and it's J-A-R-O-D, Miller.
6: Correct. Yep, yep, J-A-R-O-D, and, and we also have uh, episodes available on Hulu.com, which is H-U-L-U, which is a TV source, so...
3: Well, it's always, always a pleasure, Jared. I enjoy uh, spending time with you and talking with you. It was great when, when you were in Tampa, actually, last year, and we got to spend some time together, and, you know, we did the show together then, and uh, it, was a, it was definitely a great time. So I look forward to seeing you again and having you on the show more often.
6: Great. Thank you so much, John, anytime, and it's great meeting you, Amanda and Ann, and, um, and, and, and um, you guys have a great rest of the day. You Thank too. you, Jared.
3: You too. And enjoy Thank that snow. Time.
6: Oh, I am. I'm, I'm standing in about five feet of air as we speak. Oh, geez. You can have
3: it. You can have it.
6: And enjoy, and enjoy the sun. Uh, we and will you. once we get it.
3: Thanks, Jared.
6: Take, Take care, guys. Thank you.
3: That's Bye. Jared Miller. Of course, you can find him on his television show, which is Animal Exploration uh, with Jared Miller. And his uh, website is www.animalexploration.com. Or you can also go to jaredmiller.com. And don't forget there's only one R, J-A-R-O-D, Jared Miller. Nice guy. Yeah,
2: yeah, sounds you, real nice.
3: You guys missed him. He, uh, you know, we, we actually he came on the show when he was live in Tampa at a uh, convention that they were doing here for the animals, we're, the Hillsborough uh, County Animal Convention yeah, here that the they do. Yeah, the Pet Week Convention. Yeah. yeah, and um, great, great job and a great guy, a real nice guy. And actually, I think there's pictures on our website, talkingpets.com, if you want to see him. And um, it's funny because Jared, you know, I'm six two. Mm-hmm. Jared's like half of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when we took the pictures, it's like. You know, I, it's like father and son almost. <laughs> I'm not talking about age. I'm just talking about the height. Okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I see.
3: A great guy, though. And it was nice of him to spend some time with us and uh, fill us in about some things about especially what's going on with SeaWorld and then, of course, what's going on around the world. If you have a question or a comment, uh, you got a medical question, a behavior question, or a holistic question about your pets, pick up the phone give us a call. 866-606-8255. 866 606 Talk. Once again, I'm John Patch.
5: Dr. Anne Lampro, And Amanda Page.
3: And this is
1: Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Three yeah! things, human.
4: What?
1: Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
5: Is your pet fixed? Who said it was broken? For the Talking Pets News Brief, I'm Amanda Page. Despite campaigns encouraging sterilization to reduce overpopulation and despite expanding options for low-cost spay-neuter surgeries, nearly half of people who have acquired unsterilized pets in the last year haven't fixed them. Those are among the findings from a national survey of 3,000 adults including 1,000 who have acquired a dog or cat in the past 12 years. PetSmart charities commissioned the survey by IPOS Marketing in an effort to understand factors contributing to continued pet overpopulation, which results in an estimated 4 million to 6 million sheltered animals being euthanized each year. Among findings of the unsterilized dogs and cats acquired in the past year, still haven't been sterilized. 38% of 18 to 34-year-olds haven't sterilized their pets versus 24% of 55-plus owners. 13% of dog owners and 19% of cat owners have wound up with litters, more than half of them unintentional. The survey is the first of a large scale effort to qualify the actions and perception of pet owners and non owners relating to spay and neuter, pet overpopulation, and adoption of pets from shelters and rescue organizations. Many pet owners are unaware of the scope of overpopulation. 62% of 18 to 34 year olds and 47% of 55 plus residents estimated 13 or estimated rather sheltered euthanized fewer than 1 million animals annually, 28% of the euthanasia number at 100,000 or less. Among survey respondents who have recently acquired a pet, 17% said they had no idea of the proper age to spay and neuter, 42% said six months, 14 said at least nine months people earning $55,000 or more are more likely to adopt from shelters and rescue groups than those earning less. 42% of people who recently got a pet did no prior research, formal or informal. A little bit of information for you. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Amanda Page.
3: These days. I'm sorry. I'm getting more and more stressed out. It's been like just a crazy week. Not to scare y'all, but yeah, I got that little virus thing going around. So I've spent more time in my bathroom over this last week than I have in my entire life. Not to get graphic, but it is gross. Literally every Thanks, liquid John, in your John for
5: sharing. Every
3: liquid in your body just goes out of you.
5: Can I leave now? Like
3: every 10, 15 minutes.
2: Oh I'm washing my hands.
3: Everybody's yeah. getting it. You know, I, well, I'm that a,
2: doesn't
5: mean I have to get it. I'm you a, stay no, on RV. your side of the room. I'm at the
3: end of it. you know. I'm, that means I'm nothing
5: to me, senor.
3: I've only went once today. I haven't gone 150 times. <laughs> that's
5: nice.
2: At least you guys out there <laughs> listening aren't going to be exposed.
3: Yeah, well, that's, well, you never know. With technology and computers and all the other <laughs> stuff going on, you never know what's going through lines these days. Not to scare you all, but... You know, and
0: weren't
2: you just having your bathroom redone?
3: Yes, and that was tension and, and and everything too. I mean, workers going in and out of the house and ripping things out of walls and, and things not being sent correctly, meaning Ooh. that they send you the wrong things that you waited three weeks for. <laughs> so yes, tension is there. But then of course then you got the craziness going on around the world with the weather and everything like that and you know, it's just nutty between Haiti and now uh, Chile and uh, and then you got the tsunamis out there, and you know the, the snowstorms in the northeast, and down here in the south, everything's freezing, and, and there's rain. Where's this coming from? It's not oh, even it's rainy just season. Just
2: rain and chilly.
3: Well, they say, according to a new study out there, fewer but fiercer tropical cyclones. 87 year, 87 a year average could drop to 57 by the year 2100. The, um, although global warming could cause the number of tropical cyclones to decrease around the world by the end of the century, the storms that do form. Probably will be more intense. Stronger. Like we need any of that. That's
2: great. Instead of Category 3, we're going to have Category 4 and 5. This is not a good thing.
3: No, not at all. By the way, if you've got a medical question, or behavior question, uh, give us a call. A holistic question, of course, homeopathic question about your pets, meaning natural. Uh, 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. Dr. Ann is the expert in homeopathic medicine and holistic medicine. 866-606-8255. So pick up the phone and give us a call. But according to an analysis, um, the number of tropical cyclones around the world could be expected to decrease 6% to 34% by the end of the century. On average, about 87 uh, tropical cyclones form each year globally. So by 2100, the year 2100, there could be as few as 57 storms each year. But just as the overall numbers decrease, the study finds that the intensity of the strongest storms is forecast to increase from 2% to 11% by the end of the century. So pretty frightening. So what they're saying is that if you get a tropical storm, Which, you know, basically, when they're talking about, you know, cyclones, that that encompasses everything from tropical storms to hurricanes to typhoons and, you know, the cyclones. But if it's 150 miles per hour, they're saying it would increase to 157. So it is going to have that, you know, that much of an increase, which could be the difference of your roof being flown, you know, two miles versus, you know, two feet. Just
2: across the street. Yeah, so
3: (laughs) it's frightening out there everything that's going on you know and you know it's, it's just a you know so many people say it's like not that the world is changing but the world is changing in technology and news and media so you're hearing more and yeah. seeing more about what's going on out there which is true
2: i think that's definitely true
3: you know in the old days when we didn't have this technology nobody can find out what was going on on the other side of the country the other side of the world now it's all over the place
2: Well, we just have to try to make our part of the world just a little bit better as well as we can.
3: I agree with that. And for the people who don't agree, I think that's ridiculous because we should all be trying to, you know, put an extra hand in there and try to make it a better place. So, do your part. 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. Once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch.
5: Dr. Anne Lampreau. And Amanda Page.
3: Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to talk to you about your pets. We've got a couple more minutes left in this hour, so give us a call. 866-606-8255.
1: Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
7: This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsaddlife.org.
1: How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll free at 1-877-MY-8-PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8-PETS.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. (laughs) PetLifeRadio.com. You came along and everything
0: started to hum. Still, it's a real good bet. The best is yet to come.
3: And once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch.
5: Dr. Ann Lampreau. And Amanda Page.
3: Give us a call at 866-606-TALK. We're going to go out to uh, Ken in Sholo, Arizona. I'm listening on uh, 9... Uh, hey, Ken, how you doing? Welcome to Talkin' Pets.
7: Doing well. Thanks a lot for taking the call. And uh,
3: Anytime. Uh,
7: my concern is, or I've been listening to the people talk about the... Killer whales and killing the trainer and that and mm-hmm. I've been reading in the papers and I taught life science for biology for 36 years and what's, my biggest problem was teaching proper names for animals and what what what's happening is that killer whales are really the largest uh, dolphin orcas correct. And uh, the man that spoke before said that they were a toothed whale. And uh, that just sends, uh, shivers up my spine because whales are getting a bad reputation here when uh, it's really a toothed uh, dolphin. The yeah, it is dolphin the largest,
3: there. actually, breed of the dolphin. That's true. And, um, you know, have you ever been around an orca or a killer whale?
7: Well, I did go out uh, when I was younger. I have been out to SeaWorld, and I watched the uh, program, and... Um, uh, they're truly magnificent animals, and uh, amazingly, uh, they, you know, they live in pods, and I read National Geographic where they said they could take an orca and the sounds, and they could even tell where it came from just by its dialect and that. Right, they and, have different dialects.
3: Right. You know, what's interesting, though, that you mentioned that because um, being in pods, which is true. I mean, they do form pods in which, of course, at SeaWorld, they have their own group of family there. Um, they're all bred within, within their, you know, the breeding system there. And, and SeaWorld, you know, I, I, was there for five, six years. And for what I've seen, uh, when I was privileged to see at SeaWorld, and I did actually spend some time with the orcas while I was there, they take very good care, uh, of the orcas. Um, Tilcom is actually, um, that's 12,000 pounds. And something that was taken from the wild that wasn't bred in captivity, so you've got a little bit of a difference in attitude. But then any animal, like our friend Tippy Hedron would say, any wild animal is going to have the wild instinct no matter where you take it or where you put it. So you always you can never turn your back on it ever. Exactly. I mean, it's not yeah. a domesticated dog or cat, and it took it took ten, eleven thousand you know years um, to domesticate dogs and cats. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, with orcas, you're taking an animal that's anywhere from 8,000 to, like, 12,000 pounds. You don't want to mess around with that.
2: And some dogs are
3: dangerous, too, even
2: though they've been domesticated. Correct,
3: correct. I mean, anything, and even a human being, as we all know, anybody, and animals, and we're animals in ourselves. I mean, we've, you know, been known to shoot a person or kill a person as well, of course. So anybody can go wild. Any animal can go wild or can go, you know, a little on the psychological side. But... It's just a sad situation. Dawn was a very nice girl and, I mean, she knew what what she was dealing with and she loved what she did. And it's just very sad that something like this would happen. And You know, our hearts do go out to her and her family and, you know, everybody who knew her. And just, you know, people need to know if they're going to work with wild animals, they're always going to have that chance that this could happen to them. Exactly. Ken, thanks yes. for calling us. we got to say goodbye because we're at the top of the hour, but thanks so much for listening, and thanks for calling in Sholo. Okay, thank you. And thanks for pointing that out, by the way, too. Okay, thanks. Bye. Ken out there in Sholo, Arizona, once again, spay new to your pets and help control that pet population. I'm John Patch.
5: Dr. Anne Lampro. And Amanda Page.
3: Pick up the phone give us a call. We're always here on uh, every weekend, 866-606-8255 on your favorite radio station. This is Talking Pets.